0: but then again who asked me so just to dip our little toesies into the roni finale it's not going to be a whole lot because honestly the, the finale wasn't a whole lot you know it was fun um And I think that's great, especially because I feel like it could have gone really bad, really fast with them impersonating each other, especially with certain cast members history with, you know, blackface and casual racism. But whatever, you know, I will say this about the costume of the evening, which there's no denying that it was Leah as Ramona. I hate agreeing with Ramona here, but the dress that Leah had on, that was not a Ramona dress. That was a Leah pretending to be Ramona while still wanting to remind people that she was Leah dress, if that makes sense. But other than that, without a doubt, Leah knocked it out of the park with Ramona. I feel like Ramona loved being Leah. Cause she was just like really leaning into it and saying the word cock, like hard in like a million times. And I think even Leah was like, I don't think I say cock that much. And I don't think she does either, but whatever. The ladies were fun with it. They were cute, you know, still a little confused because we ended the season on a pretty high note versus all of the rumors. I'm using air quotes there that we've been hearing Um, at this moment that I'm recording this podcast. We still have not had a Rony finale like they haven't recorded it. Now, reports are saying that it's going to record on the 23rd of September, which is still like a whole week away from here. But Lord, Lord even knows they've been giving us these little never before, never before seen filler episodes that I'm just like, you were better off just giving us like the entire raw footage from the season. Because that's pretty much what you've given us at this point to fill in the fact that we still haven't had a reunion. And to be honest, to be honest, why the network didn't just do their fucking jobs and... To say, hey, see this right here called a contract contractually obligated, sit the fuck down and record re- this reunion in a timely manner so that we don't have to do all of this. But you know what, what do I know? What do I know? I'm a restaurant manager. I'm not in TV production at all. It just seems a little weird to me. Also, what seems weird to me is the fact that apparently this Roni reunion is going to be virtual. We've already filmed and recorded the Beverly Hills reunion in person. And I think there's another reunion coming up that's going to be in person. Why is Roni going to be virtual? Is it because Ramona won't sit her ass down somewhere? Is it because she refuses to get vaccinated? Let me just leave that there. That's all I have to say for Roni. I haven't watched any of those never before seen um, little episodes that they have. I need to clear them off my DVR because they're just taking up precious space. Now let's get into Beverly Hills. So I'm honestly going to speed through dinner party from hell part two. Um, You know, I've done a little bit of talking about it on my Instagram page and with a few people. So we're not going to get a full, full recap. However, first things first that I want to point out, Garcelle and Erica are fine. I know, you know, a lot of the scenes going around and the way a lot of people perceived it was that they are not fine. However, the events leading up to this dinner and, you know, the snatch away from the face and that you can let go of me now. When I finally saw it, I mean, which was a day after everybody else. I was like, you know, I don't think this is as bad as everybody else is making it. Because if you remember, we had a pre-dinner to the dinner party from hell at Kathy Hilton's house with... Um, Erica, Crystal, Kathy, and Garcelle. Obviously, producers told them they needed to get together and you're not going to convince me otherwise. You are not going to tell me that those four were in a group chat like, oh, let's get some apps. No. And you know what else you're not going to convince me otherwise of? Is that Kyle was not fucking pissed that she wasn't included in that. But neither here nor there. Erica, when she gets to the dinner, she's fine with Garcelle. She's like, oh my God, you look amazing. Like, blah, blah, blah to the pre-dinner. And then even later on, when they get to Kathy Hilton's house, Garcelle is, or Garcelle and Erica are like, Oh my God, you look so good. Erica is honestly singing Garcelle's praises. They are fine. When it came down to, you know, that you can let go of me now. You can let go of me. As a person who doesn't like to be touched even by my fiance, when I'm super emotional and like crying and upset about something, I understood that. I did not take that as a bitch, get the fuck off me. I felt like Erica was giving more of that to Dorit than Garcelle, okay? I also feel like Erica was pissed off at everybody around that table. Yes, Sutton got the, like the most of it, but the, or what, or what, but, at one point, Erica even says, why are you all doing this to me? Even to Lisa Renna, when Lisa tries to say some like peacemaker shit, but while still being messy, she goes, I love you, Lisa Renna, but that's a crock of shit. She was like, why are you all doing this to me? Okay. I, I feel, I, I do not feel badly for Erica whatsoever, but I do understand what she's saying. It's like, okay. I'm doing my job. I'm showing up, but I have to come to these dinner parties every single week or twice a week, however often they're doing them because it's every episode now, and get these questions over and over and over again. Listen, Sutton is not the problem here. Kyle, Deree, and Lisa Renna are the problem because they want to know the truth, but they're too pussy to actually ask their friend the truth. They're too worried about looking like they are bad friends again after Denise Richards last year. And then Kyle with everybody else, to be honest, LVP, all that. They don't want to look like that. So that is why they are pushing Sutton because Kyle pushed her when she was at her house. Like, are you going to be open and honest? Kyle's sniper from the side is glitching in the simulation, okay? She is showing her fucking hand hard and it's getting harder and harder to for her to cover up. And then it's turning into gaslighting, which we'll get into that later on when we talk about the most current episode. But Sutton is being honest in the way that Sutton is honest. I don't know why these women are acting like Sutton's gonna kick down a door and be like, bitch, I think you stole something. That's not Sutton. Same way... I'm confused why Erica is like, oh, you're gonna, I'll go head head on head with you any day. It's like, girl, that's not how Sutton communicates. Even when she was getting into it with Crystal, she is very, and I'm using air quotes here, polished. I need to be proper. I need to keep my cool at all times. Like, hello. All right. We're talking about Sutton Strack. Speaking of them talking about Sutton Strack, one of the things that I found the most cringy in the pre-dinner with Erica, Crystal, Kathy, and Garcelle was how those women spoke about not knowing who Sutton even really is. Like, who are you? That was so elitist and so cringy. Crystal, I get it, you don't like her. I didn't know who you were either, in the words of Garcelle. I also didn't know who Rob Minkoff was. I don't know who I thought directed The Lion King. Steven Spielberg, I don't fucking know. Erica, I didn't know you. I knew Garcelle. And I, of course, I know Kathy Hilton. Those are the only two ladies that I knew of before Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was even a thing, if we're being honest. Okay. So back to dinner party from hell. When it comes to Garcelle and Erica, like I said, they were fine at the pre dinner. They were fine when they first walked in. I think that since Erica was fine with her. She was just like, you can let go of me now. It's fine. It's fine. I don't even want to be getting this worked up right now. And then with the tear wipe away, this is my hot take. I think Erica knew, Erica knew that her makeup was hot trash that night. And I will say this. I hate when people are like, oh, your concealers mess messed up. And then reach to touch me. Girl, oh my God. Don't do that because how you fix yours is not how I fix mine. Let me go to the bathroom take a minute. She probably was like, I already came here with a fucked up contour. And now I'm crying. And now I don't know how gonna try and wipe this here away. So let me just snatch back. That's just how I saw it. And then plus with the producers adding the, you know, sound effects and everything. Yes, I get how it looks. But I just don't think it was like that. Because even in the next episode, I want to stress, Garcelle and Erica are fine. Okay, Erica is not fine with Dorit. Dorit finally showed her hands. And I think we're going to get to start to see Erica not be fine with Kyle, which she shouldn't be. All right. It's bullshit. These ladies are trying to manipulate like they have in the past, but we're on a bigger, bigger scale here. All right. For whatever reason, they feel like they can't ice Erica out the way they did with LVP, the way they did with Denise Richards. I don't know what she has on them, but it's, it's getting messy. It's getting messier and messier. Now, let's move on to the most recent episode. So we start off this most current episode with Erica asking Sutton if she would like to be sued. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ms. Erica, didn't you just say last episode that Sutton doesn't pick up on social cues? But she's sitting here in your predicament asking somebody, if they want to get sued, girl, what, do, what is you talking about, baby? What is you doing? What is he doing? Okay. What, what do you think? You're going to sue Sutton to make some of the money that you are getting sued for? You honestly could have just taken her up on her offer. She offered you money and you declined. And now you're like, oh, do you want to be sued? Like, girl, please stop. This is so awkward for you. The only person with the most appropriate response to that, do you want to get sued, was Garcelle. Her face said it all. And once I upload this episode, I will share the picture that I'm talking about. Okay. Now Kyle tries to pipe up, but as quickly as she attempts to pipe up, she backs down because Erica has her mean, scary voice on. And it's just a fucking joke. All right. And this is also my thing. Erica says in one of her confessions, he ain't dead and gone yet, honey. You better watch who you're talking about. You can't play with people saying, Oh, so-and-so is not sick. Listen, Erica, you have tried to sell us this story that in the words of PK, Tom's lost his mind. All right. He has dementia. He doesn't know what day it is. He's had this traumatic head injury, you know, X, Y, and Z that he, they need to take the, he needs to turn in his bar card is what she said and give it up and retire. And then on the other side of that is what we've been seeing, which is that he's been scamming people out of money. And again, all roads lead to him being disbarred, which I think he, at this point now, he is like today in the day that I'm talking, he is, has been disbarred. Either way, you are still playing into and defending on the side of Tom, all right? But then all while all, all trying to tell us that he's this mean husband, the past 22 years you've been married. Like, no one's scared of Tom Girardi suing them anymore. The jig is fucking up. I don't have NAN money to be sued for. But if Erica or Tom said, I will sue you, I, at this point now, I would laugh. Because why? Because I think you're a liar like the rest of America? Okay, all right. All right. Rena is still like trying to act like she is so drunk. She has jumped ship. Okay. Sutton at this point is like, I'm leaving. I'm not going to sit here and stand for this any longer, which I understand. Kathy Hilton is a gracious host, especially after these ladies, how these ladies have acted over her $95,000 Baccarat candle holders. Like they were acting like bitches I see in the bar over these expensive candle holders, but whatever. Garcelle and Kyle follow them outside. And Kyle is like, please stay, please stay. And I'm like, Kyle, you are like borderline emotionally and mentally abusive. Like, we'll get there later with the conversation between her and son, because it was disgusting. But Garcelle is like, y'all just sat there and riled Erica up So much to the fact that Sutton is shook now and she wants to leave and she's well within her right to. And Kyle has the audacity to be like, we riled her up? We riled, like, girl, what the fuck are you talking about? Let me say this. Generally, I'm more in an Erica category that when I snap, I snap hard and I snap quick. However, what I've learned through the years is that I have, not everybody's going to have the same reaction that I've had to them back to me, meaning... I snapped on you, so you're going to snap back at me. And where I'm coming from a lot of the times is I, that's what I think. I don't go into it to make people cry. All righty. And I'm not saying that my reactions are right. So I've done a lot of work to move past it. But like I said, from the recap from last week, like, they need to stop acting like Sutton is going to bite back at Erica the way Erica snaps back. And they're looking at it like, "Oh, Sutton's not standing up for herself." She is, but she's Sutton. She's not Erica. Y'all don't snap at people uh yeah, at Erica the way she snaps at you. Like I Now, if they were both snapping and Sutton started crying, I would be like, "Okay, girl, like you were barking back as well, so don't start crying." But they weren't, okay? Sutton does not talk to people the way Erica does. Period. Erica's trigger word is liar and that's been always been very odd to me I know that I don't lie so I'm not about to get so spun out of shape when somebody's like you're lying I'd be like girl about what tell me about what I'm lying about oh you think that no here's my Carfax boom but she's always been spun out of shape about being called a liar even back to the uh incident with her and Eileen and why is she spun out of shape about being called a liar because she is a liar. That's why. Because she is a liar. All right. Her whole life is a lie. Oh, child. I love how when they were saying Patrick has never seen people yell like this, Erica says, tell him welcome. Mm, he has this look on his face like, who is this woman? Kathy, have you bought a convict into my house? Into my home? Because that's very much so Patrick's home as well. Okay. So the next day, allegedly, because I feel like this cannot be the next day. If that were me, I would be like, I don't need to see you bitches for like two, give me two days, please. 48 hours away from y'all. But Renna goes over to Garcelle's house, which again, very produced. And Garcelle makes her and a coffee. And I just want to put this in as a side note the mugs that she has have no handles and it's blowing my mind and now I kind of want some however when Rena walks in I counted she handed Garcelle a bottle of wine and she said thank you not once but twice since it matters okay Garcelle always comes with receipts Rena calls it nitpicking and says that she chooses not to do that with Garcelle but then she intros this sauce story and like, am I supposed to be moved by this? Am I supposed to be like, oh my God, they drove all the way up there and she, no, she did say thank you when they came by. She gave the sauce. She said, thank you. To be honest, it was COVID. Y'all were probably just driving around because you wanted to get out of the house. I think a couple ladies in Beverly Hills said that they were actually doing that. So it was probably your outing to drive up to Garcelle's house, okay? And then she says, you never texted me about the sauce. And Garcelle says, well, I, I did say thank you when you guys were here. I am a person that has overly thanked people multiple times in my experience. And it just comes back to bite me in the ass because people start to think that you're rude when you're not putting them on this pedestal. And that's the problem I have with it. We learn in school to say please and thank you and not to beg. Too many pleases is looked at as a begging and kind of in a bad way. So what is too many thank yous? There's a line here, okay? Rena's absolutely blowing me. She lives in a constant state of delusion that is like, I'm not rude because I didn't say thank you five fucking times for this sauce, all right? And then we get to see the, the argument that took place between Kyle and Sutton. Honestly, Kyle's argument is dumb because... Again, I say Sutton wasn't at her house saying like, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell her this. I'm going to walk in there and tell. She didn't say that. You could tell that Sutton was still even a little shaky when her and Kyle were talking prior to the dinner party from hell. She was like, I think I want to just say to her, like, I'm going to get out and say it. All right. My thing is knowing how each player plays the game. Erica doesn't play the same way Sutton does. And Sutton doesn't play the same way Kyle does. And Kyle doesn't. But you know what I mean? So I don't know why they're expecting Sutton to get on Erica's level of aggression. Because that's what it is. Sutton was honest, and I don't get what these ladies aren't getting. Literally, Sutton said, do you want to talk to me, Erica? Erica said, no, I don't want to talk to you. What else is there to say? Kyle, just because you berate a point, just because Dorit berates a point, does not mean that everybody needs to. If you tell me you don't want to talk to me after I ask you, I'm going to leave it alone, okay? Kyle is getting called out for being the sniper from the side that she is, and she can't handle it, all right? in the conversation that took place between Kyle and Sutton it was so cringy, so fucking cringy from Kyle because she gaslit Sutton the entire way through that. Is the moment Sutton said, Oh, you're supposed to be my friend. And she used air quotes, Kyle latched onto that and wrote it all the way home. It's like, I am your friend. She sounded like a manipulative boyfriend talking to their partner, like, or girlfriend, you know, a manipulative person talking to their partner. I just, it was gross. It really was. So then we get to see PK and Dorit have dinner where I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna give PK his flowers. Okay. He was spitting facts. He really was. We get a flashback of Kyle and Dorit talking about these captions. And it's just rich people problems because they're still chuckling, but still like, oh, she shouldn't do that. And those of us that are like down here on the wealth pole. Like, we don't, we don't get it. I shouldn't say those of us who are down here on the wealth pool. Those of us who don't put wealth on a pedestal and act like it's an excuse to do whatever the fuck you want and say whatever the fuck you want, understand where Erica's captions are wrong, okay? And apparently PK does too, all right? I mean, he said everything he needed to say and I feel like Erica probably didn't like it but I mean let's not forget that Erica and PK don't have the best past in the first place all right so we see Garcelle is having a Haitian night and ugh, the way these women acted at Garcelle's house again they're better than me because I, they're professionals is what I should say because I would be like I'm not going to dinner with them again no 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 I need at least two weeks before we do that again. Absolutely not. So she decorates her home beautifully. I will say this. I noticed this, this episode. I think I like Garcelle's home the best. I do like PK and Dorit's in the open concept of it all because I like how they can open that wall. But I also know that it's not necessarily theirs. I know Garcelle, that's hers, baby. okay. She is decorated. But nevertheless, let's get back on point. Renna is the first to show up. Garcelle and Renna make a bet who's going to be the last there. Let me say this again. Garcelle and Renna make a bet. Okay. And Renna, just so we're clear. We find out Kathy's not coming to dinner. And like, I wouldn't come to dinner after how y'all acted at my house either. I would have not been in, t- in attendance there, to be honest. I really wouldn't. So Dorit is not last. Garcelle loses a bet. She gives Rena $20. And Dorit takes it as Garcelle bet against it. No, Garcelle and Rena made a bet. I hate when people who may, like get mad about a, when a bet is made surrounding them and something that they generally do. And then they get mad at the person who bet against them. That is your typical behavior. It's not like I pulled it out of my ass. It's not like I pulled it out of the sky. You have gotten into arguments with Kyle about being late. You have gotten into arguments with Teddy about being late. You are typically late. That's like me getting mad if somebody is like, oh, Giselle's gonna be loud tonight. But how how dare y'all call me loud? I'm loud. Huh? So we all sit down for dinner and Dorit, shocker, starts to hijack a conversation. How do you literally go from talking about you're not afraid of spice and how you grew up, what you grew up eating, to you and PK's first date? You are not the host. And she literally asked the woman, do you want me to stop talking about this? And they're like, yeah. Okay. Also confused, why Dorit called Kyle a cunt? Like that was shocking. I was like, oh, I'm not really shocked by the C word, but I was like, wait, how did that fit in here? Quick little excerpt. A restaurant that I used to work at this like five years ago, we had two girls. One of them used to pick and pick and pick at this other girl. And I did used to feel bad for the one that always was getting picked on. She just didn't gel well slash there was I've I felt like back then there was some bullying looking back on it I still feel that way anyways so the girl that was always getting picked on finally snapped one day and called the girl that was picking on her a fucking cunt and the way I had to hide my laughter because of course the girl that was doing the picking and got called a cunt she met marched straight into the manager's office and was like can you believe that she called me that and I was like hmm give me a minute. <laughs> I had to. I was like, give me a minute. Because sometimes I struggle. I'm like, my professional hat, I can't say, yeah, she's in the right and calling you that. But like, girl, she was so mean to her all the time. But anyways, nevertheless, let's get back on track. Whew. Garcelle isn't switching lanes, okay, when it comes to how she feels about Dorit. She's actually been quite honest and Dorit just won't let it go. I heard somebody say, I can't remember who, but they made a good point. They were like, Dorit is mad about the race conversation. She's not mad about saying that she's late, saying that she's long-winded, but she can't say I'm still mad at the race conversation because she has nobody else to be mad at but herself. And that's fact, okay? Also, the way some of these women... mm, And when I mean some of these women, I mean Lisa Rinna are acting like they deserve a gold star for eating Haitian food. Like y'all just ate caviar pie. Caviar is fish eggs. And then Kyle sits there and says, I don't eat snail. You don't eat snail. You ate fish eggs. If Anna Wintour decided she was serving snail at the Met Gala. If Kathy Hilton said, oh no, snail is elegance. It's so good. We eat it all the time. I bet y'all would be slurping that snail the fuck up. So shut the hell up. When it's like, I didn't come from a fish family. Did you eat the fucking caviar pie? You need to shut up regardless. But did you eat the caviar pie? If you ate the caviar pie, then you eat fish, okay? And you eat fish egg. Huh. Now, and towards the end of this dinner, we get some awkwardness and... Renna and Erica decide that they are leaving. And again, I just want to point out, Erica's like, I'm here for Garcelle. I'm not here for anything else. I think her and Sutton are on the same page. They don't want to talk to each other. And I don't, didn't see any real awkwardness at the table, except for Erica saying that she doesn't want to hear anything Sutton has to say and that she was actually reading the New York Times. So you, you'll read the New York Times, but not the LA Times. New York Times, not bullshit. LA Times, bullshit. Got it. Erica logic makes total sense to her. And I will say to round out this episode, I actually agree with Crystal because Kyle is going to keep pushing and pushing this and she's not going to let sleeping dogs lie. Crystal says, I don't think that we need to talk about this anymore. They don't get along. They're both fine. They see it from the same point of view on, they agree on one thing and that's that that they don't want to talk to each other. So let's stop pushing it. And to be honest, I kind of felt like I saw a little preview of Crystal and Kyle not necessarily getting along because one thing Kyle likes to do is push and push and push. And she says, well, I couldn't be in the same room with somebody. And and Kyle, that's how you, that's how you would deal with it. That's not how Erica and Sutton want to deal with it. And if you actually don't want to be involved with this, like you claim that you don't, then stay the fuck out of it. And to be honest, we've been playing by your rules of everybody needs to get along and talk about this on my terms for far too long, okay? I don't, I think, I think we might have something there with Kyle and Crystal because they're two different types of chicks. Whew, so with that, rounding out our Beverly Hills, let's hop on over to the East Coast and talk about Potomac. So to be honest, when we started Potomac two weeks ago, we opened with Eddie and Wendy talking about everything that they went through to get married in the first place. And I completely forgot about that from last year. And I always understood why Wendy was getting emotional um, about them talking about Eddie. But now it makes everything come a little bit more full circle. Um, Giselle does nothing but make herself look dumb. Okay. Because we see her and Robin... um, recording their podcast and she says basically she thinks everyone is going to cheat every man is going to cheat and she says she's okay with one night stands but what she's not okay with is the same person multiple times and that she will not deal with it Robin says that she wouldn't put up with it anymore but something tells me that that's not true okay the women coming home and telling their men what Giselle said is funny because all of the men are just like oh, okay like Chris, he was just like, mm-hmm. Eddie, was like, mm, you got to be a certain type of like upset to do that. Like, okay, Giselle, bye. All right. And we also get to hear more about Mia's childhood. And I will say this, my heart really aches for Mia's mom. Oh my God. For Mia's mom part of me felt like we shouldn't be seeing this conversation. And it's just hard because I know like a lot of older black people don't like sharing or even talking about stuff from the past. I know that from experience. It's like, okay, I've moved on. We're past that. We don't need to go back there. Um, And it almost seemed like her mom wasn't all the way comfortable with what they were going to talk about. But I mean, it ended, the conversation that we saw ended on a good note. And I'm happy for that for both Mia and her mom. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I teared up a little bit. Okay. So we're having, um, a little birthday party for, uh, Robin's birthday. And listen, I say party loosely. This is drinks and apps, but Giselle didn't invite Karen or Wendy and honestly, duh. Okay. I'm not shocked by that. I know that we need to move the storyline along. But at this point, the whole Giselle, Karen thing for me, it's funny. But at the same time, both, I think the fact that both of their arguments right now are so like pointless, I'm not necessarily having the most fun. All right. So we see Candace and Chris at lunch. And let me just tell y'all. First things first. (laughs) I judge. I judge. I judge people who like all flats. How how do you choose all flats over drums? Make it make sense to me. If you are a person that prefers flats, all flats over drummies, like slide into my DMs. Let's have a talk. And listen, I'm not, I don't order all of one thing, period. But if I have to choose when me and my fiance get wings, he prefers the flats and can't give me any context, but whatever. I prefer the drums. So it just works out. But like people who think there's more meat on flat, we have to keep moving on. But y'all, if you are a flats person, please slide into my DMs. I need to know. Okay. I can kind of get where Candace is coming from. Kind of. She loses me. When when it comes to Chris, the argument between her and Chris, she loses me when she's like, I will cuss you the fuck out. And it's like, Candace, girl, girl, you was on the right track. You was saying how you felt, okay? But just going straight to, I will cuss you the fuck out. If I said that to my fiance mid-argument, he probably would have the same reaction to Chris and just got up and left my ass. Like, and then I'd be real pissed, okay? Now, on to Robin's birthday. The one thing that's bothering me, first of all, obviously, I share a name with Giselle, even though she spells it incorrectly, we share a name. And then I recently learned that Robin's birthday is a day after mine. One day, we share an astrological sign. However, I could not be any more different than the green-eyed bandits, okay? Like, what? <sighs> so, they're sitting at the di- uh yeah, at the dinner, and... Robin says when it comes to Wendy, she feels like she's getting a snarky, condescending reporter, which is condescending towards Wendy. Like, what? What? It is baffling to me how the Green Eyed Bandits will swear that somebody is being condescending towards them while they're being condescending. Like, y- y'all, you got to stop. That lady is a reporter whether you like it or not, okay? Robin, please sell your ass to TJ Maxx and just keep it moving, all right? We also start to see the beginning stages of Candace and Ashley getting into it. <laughs> I don't think that Candace should have said your wide-bodied ass. The breast milk, I don't have anything to say about. I'm not a mom. I don't know if that's... Would I say that to somebody? no. I don't know how mothers would take that. Okay. So I'm going to leave that one alone. But when we see the continuation of the argument between Ashley and Candace, (laughs) I just have to point something out. These women in Potomac are masters, masters of taking something that someone else has actually accused them of and then accusing somebody else of it when it really wasn't even a thought in their mind because Ashley just sat in Williamsburg and swore up and down that they weren't body shaming Wendy, even though they fucking were. Okay. And now wants to say, I'm wide. You're body shaming me just because you just had a baby. Ashley, let me just point one thing out again. I'm not trying to get the mommy brigade after me. I completely understand what mom shame is. I don't think that Ashley or Candace should have called her wide bodied. But Ashley doesn't get a pass on certain things just because she just had a baby. She goes, and what I mean by that is she goes, y'all wanna sit here and claim body shaming, body shaming. Just because Wendy didn't just have a baby doesn't mean that y'all didn't body shame her. You did, you literally did. And just because you did just have a baby doesn't mean you're allowed to hit the body shame button all the time. uh, Candace did body shame her, she did. That's very clear and obvious. But my problem is like, it's only being seen through one lens, which is like, okay, Ashley just had a baby, we can't say this to her. It doesn't matter, two things can be true. You should not be body shaming Wendy, which they were, and you shouldn't be body shaming Ashley. Like, what, okay? Poor Escala is always in the middle of an actual screaming match because she is sitting smack dab in the middle of Ashley and Candace yelling at each other. Like Ashley just has so much, much audacity because she's the first person to claim mom shame. Like she cornered that term on this franchise when she literally accused Monique of miscarrying because she drank too much. Like girl, you know what? I'm not even going to go back there because I'm a person that thinks that we very much know. So need to leave Monique in the past. But like, Ashley has had her moments of mom shaming herself, but for whatever reason, she gets away with it, okay? I will agree with Mia. Most arguments are pure miscommunication, but once we start getting in that miscommunication, if you dig yourself deeper into it, baby, I'm gonna help you dig, okay? And get you out on the other side so you're clear with me. Giselle says that Ray and Karen will both be dead before she apologizes and listen, it's not wishing death. It's definitely rude, okay? It's rude as fuck, but it's not wishing death. She's just saying that she's not going to apologize. She needs to stop fucking using the word death though, okay? She she needs to stop using the word death, all right? Just say it'll be a cold day in hell, okay? Say that Karen and Ray will have sex again for real before she apologizes, because we all know that's... That's a good one, all right? Giselle, if you're listening to this, which you're not, you can use it. I give you permission, all right? So then we also get to see Giselle with her daughters, which is my favorite part of Giselle because I don't like her at all, all right? And she sits with her daughters and she says she wants her daughters to find equals. And I'm just like, girl, didn't we just, are you saying, are you gonna tell them that you want them to find their equal? but it's also going to be okay for that man to cheat on them but only if it's during a one-night stand not a continuous relationship like what are you talking about what are you talking about okay Whew. we get to see Candace and Chris make up and I'm glad because I like Chris and I'm kind of starting to like Candace a little bit I don't know like I I don't know I'm Look, me and one of my best friends, like we were so opposite team candy gal. And she is like, Giselle, really? Really? I don't know. Like I'm I'm starting to rock with Candace a little bit. I want to say that loosely because we still have the salad throwing incident to get to and Lord only knows what came out of that girl's mouth when she got the salad tossed at her. But I will say this. I'm a little worried about Candace. okay? I feel like she may be taking on a little too much. Grad school? music career, filming with these bitches. That's a lot. Okay. On top of like nurturing your relationship. Mm. Mm. All right. Now for the second week in a row, Potomac made me tear up because Wendy and Eddie are explaining to their children, um, a talk a lot of black children have with their parents. Um, you know what to do when you're pulled over talking about race relations in America. I remember having those talks very early on with my parents. Um, you know, I understand wanting to leave kids innocent. However, black children are not always allotted that, you know, privilege. It's just not, um, the difference between the conversations we're seeing in Potomac versus how they are on Beverly Hills is that we're not actually seeing the conversations with the children on Beverly Hills. Um, and all I can say is, I hope Miss Worldly Dereet is watching because this scene, uh, again, made me tear up a little bit. <sighs> so, what I will say is this when it comes to the goddess luncheon, I don't really understand why we treat Giselle with kid gloves. Like, she has a sharp tongue, and so does Karen. But to be honest, Giselle is more mad at Karen for her commentary on Jamal than she is at Jamal for embarrassing her. And I'm confusion, okay? I am confusion. Also, before I dive all the way into the goddess lunch, why are Karen's pants so long? Like between these pants, because y'all, they were fucking long, and her indie she needs to break up with the signatures. Like, she just can't seem to get it right. Okay. All of the ladies look gorgeous. Um, Candace's face is beat. Um, however, the the wig I'm not understanding. Um, we'll just leave that there. So they all go around the table and say, you know, what they admire most about the other person. And to be honest, Candace and Ashley, the only two people on the same page with each other, they're just like, mm, we're gonna keep it cute and then put it on mute, all right? But let's not, because they asked Candace about her music video and they're like, well, is Ashley coming? She's like, no. And Ashley's like, y'all, no, I don't want to, all right? Robin tries to be shady towards Wendy and say that I love your passion for your family and yeah, I'm gonna keep it short. And if you follow me on Instagram, y'all already know what I'm about to hit on again. I'ma say it. I'ma say it. Robin is, Robin is missing how we got here. All she's focusing on is that Wendy said that she didn't have a real relationship. After, after you talked about the Eddie rumors on camera and called this woman fucking loose, loose. girl, what if I would have just woke up and showed up to filming one day talking about Robin and Juan don't have a real relationship, blah, blah, blah. Yes, then I would be absolutely rocking with you, Robin. But no, you're skipping a whole bunch of important key facts of how we got here. Wow, her and Giselle are so full of shit. Because then Giselle's like, Wendy, you haven't reached out to me. Why would I reach out to you? You did something to me. You attacked my body. Then you started talking about my fucking marriage. Like, I will play nice with you. I will not attack you verbally every time we have to sit down and like kind of break bread together. But I'm not fucking with you. I'm not reaching out to you. I didn't do anything to you. I thought we were friends. Okay. I'm glad they let that be where it is because it's exhausting for me. Now, Giselle. Karen didn't destroy your family. Like Giselle thinking that Karen was trying to destroy her family is just as delusional as Karen saying that Giselle wished death on Ray, okay? Because Giselle then says, well, nothing that was said at that reunion was new information to me. And then when, or that's when Candace brings up how the information came out. She's like, no, none of that was new to me. Then girl, why are you sitting here trying to say that Karen is trying to ruin families? Giselle is always making herself look dumb, okay? I will say this when it comes to Giselle. I do understand Giselle saying that her kids were hurt. And I do get that because, and we'll touch on this when we start talking about Salt Lake City here in a couple minutes, but I am one that generally errs on the side of don't bring the kids into it or anything that will directly affect the kids. At the end of the day, Pastor Holy Whore is still, I should not have said that, Because I'm talking about these kids' daddy, but he is still their father, okay? He is still their father. So finally, we get to a place where Karen's like, I will apologize to you and your children for aiding in that. And at this point, I just want Giselle to receive the apology because. All this, well, this is the first time you have ever apologized to me. And oh, now you want to apologize. Girl, say accept the apology before I fucking take it back. And it's the last time you ever get an apology out of me. All right. For the love of God. My word. That woman is exhausting to me. Huh. So apparently we're resetting in Potomac and we're moving forward. We'll see how long that lasts. And I really need them to get to this Mia throwing salad at Candace because I want to see why. Now, let's talk about Salt Lake. And I have some some opinions, okay, when it comes to these Salt Lake City ladies. So the Salt Lake City ladies are back and I have a confession. I didn't say anything, all right, because I was letting y'all... Have your moments, all right? Get excited. Um, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I watched the first two minutes um, when they released it before the actual premiere, like everybody else, and I didn't really get the chills the way everybody else did watching those first few minutes of the arrest footage. I was just like, okay. I don't know if it's because, you know, we're living in a time where we already know the storylines of the seasons before. I'm not... I'm even going to say that I really wasn't that shocked when Jin Shaw got arrested. I don't know. That woman screamed scammer to me. So I was like, oh yeah, of course, of course. So anyways, we start the episode off with seeing the new Shaw Chalet and another one of Jen's new assistants who honestly, this poor person is probably just like trying to build his acting resume because he's like, oh, I'm just doing some choppy chops that need to be chopped. And I'm like, oh, baby, you chose the wrong housewife to get in with. But it's okay. I feel like he'll land on his feet. You can tell they have a different production crew from last year. And this one looks a whole lot better. Okay. One thing that lets me know that I wouldn't be a great housewife, though, (laughs) is how dressed up these women are just to go to each other's houses. Like Jen is wearing a club wedge in the house in a jumpsuit I would be like okay you know what actually I think my sweats without the bleach stains will just do in like a cute messy bun for this scene because we want to keep it realistic like her and Lisa are dressed like they're going like I would dress for a cute night out but again I'm a mediocre bitch like I live a Midwest lifestyle. I shouldn't say I'm mediocre because I'm not, but you guys get what I'm saying, okay? We get to see the new Shaw Chalet and Jen finally admits that they leased because she was forced to. Duh, we all knew that. And I know that she's a scammer, but like these houses that she rents are not cheap. Like how much are scamming are you doing? That's more so the part that I was shocked about. I'm like, oh, this is a full 55 hour a week job she is like full-time scamming, okay? Because we've already looked at, you know, coaches' salary and done all of the digging. The internet does what it does. So apparently we learned that Sharif and Jen almost got divorced and I'm smelling one of those coming again, girl. Like I'm surprised we haven't heard anything else about that as of late. The whole story of why Sharif wanted to leave Jen is like not believable to me because what you're not saying is she says, honestly, it was the same stuff that I've been doing for years. But what you're not saying is like, girl, it's the same shit that you've been doing for years, but now one on TV and two scamming on top of that. Sharif was probably like, girl, it's one or the other. Stop acting a plum ass fool on national television or stop scamming. And obviously she chose the scams. Like, duh. So then something really shocking for me happens and we get two confessional looks from Jennifer Shaw in a matter of minutes and the difference between the two are fucking appalling. Her first one with the ponytail, cute. I was like, okay, she looks good. The red, I was taken aback. Like I did a double take. Beauty Lab, Beauty Lab needs to revoke her membership. Like, she can't even move her fucking face in the red confessional. Like, can't, it's not moving at all. I just recently watched a Cinderella story with Jennifer Coolidge as the stepmom. She's like, I can't show emotion right now for another two hours. That's what Jen looked like. Speaking of face, the editors are throwing in a shockingly, a lot, shockingly huge amount, I should say, of throwback pictures of Jen and her old face and I'm like the shade the shade. it's it's only shade because like Jen looks like a different person like she really does okay so her and Lisa are sitting there talking they've got this new budding friendship I mean that we saw at the beginning or at the um reunion that's why everybody was coming down on Lisa like Really? You're backing Jen Shaw? Whatever. But then she says something that, of course, everybody was like, "Mm." of course you did. She's like, girl, you know, I'll go to jail for you. I haven't been to jail yet. And I'm honestly wondering if that conversation happened, like, when Jen already knew that these charges were coming, because she says, I'll go to jail for you. I haven't been to jail yet. And I'm like, do you? You know something at this point. I don't know. So then we go see Meredith's new house and pretty much everyone just has new houses. Okay. And I'll be clear. Jen and Meredith are trying to perpetuate a life that isn't real for them. Meredith just isn't scamming people that we know of. Okay. She has legit money for her husband does. I'm really not team anyone on Salt Lake City, but I really, really, really am not a Meredith fan. And also like seeing her Twitter exchanges from earlier in the week did not help. At all, but we'll get into that. (sighs) Unfortunately, Meredith's dad has passed away. She's having a hard time. Then we go over to, or then we see Heather come over and check on Meredith. And we get in another shocking bit for me, a throwback picture of Heather. And Heather looks like a, like Jen looks like a different person, but like I can kind of see Jen's old face in her new face a little bit still Heather I've never seen that woman in those pictures before I've never seen that woman in those throwback pictures before who gave did Heather did you give production those pictures you thought that that okay whatever whatever these housewives and their dogs that they let on top of tables I can't because while Meredith and Heather are talking, we look over, dog on top of the table. Like, don't get me wrong, like, I have a dog, he begs, but like, when he even tries to get up on his hind legs while we're sitting at the table, it's a quick no, okay? It is a quick no. So we go meet up with Whitney. She's rebranding. She tells us she's tired of sucking dick. She wants to make her own money, or she's tired of sucking dick for money. She wants to make her own money. Does she say sucking dick? No, but she takes a water bottle and emulates a blowjob so you know it is her stepson's birthday her stepson who's like four years older or younger than her which is a little weird and they're having a party which is like cool modern family got it what um is not cool is watching Whitney's drunk ass drop this cake three times and then after the first time attempt to pick it up off the floor and save and serve it off of the floor like that first time she dropped that cake, she was absolutely like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try and like make this look better. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Right. Then we check in with Miss Mary and apparently she has a podcast. Love that for her. Um, She tells us that she was alone for the first six months of COVID because her husband was stuck in Florida and he was scared to fly And she also tells us that she was talking to herself in the mannequin heads. And if I don't believe one thing that comes out of anybody's mouth, it's I do believe that Mary was talking to herself in mannequin heads during lockdown. I absolutely, absolutely. So while Mary is recording, and I'm using air quotes there, her podcast that she does not tell us the name for, she stops the co-host halfway through and tells him, that he's not doing the prayer right. And she's going to show him how to do it. <laughs> and it's just very on brand for Mary. Also, I realized that her wigs have gotten better, which I love that for her. So while the faux recording for the podcast is happening, they start talking about the youth. She ta- starts talking about how Robert Jr. is a little lost. Um, and she says like back in the day, she asks one of her co-hosts, you know, Did you have a wild time? Did you do drugs? He says, yes, I smoked weed. And Mary's like, oh yeah, I smoked a blunt. And my God, Mm, I probably shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain when talking about Miss Mary. My word, I will say. I would pay actual US American dollars to see First Lady Miss Mama Mary after smoking a blunt. I would actually pay upward towards $50 to see that footage. It, like, Mary walks around life like she's just smoked a blunt, to be honest, if you ask me. So I actually want to see what it's really like. Oh, God. I'm not going to think of anything else now, honestly. So then we get to meet the new housewife, Jenny, and I can tell she's already a character. Um, she's actually real life friends with Lisa Barlow, which I love. Their children are friends and it's not a made for TV manufactured friendship. Mia and or Ebony and um, Leah and honestly Mia and Karen also. So we learned that she, like Mia, doesn't know her age. However, unlike Mia, she lets us know why. And I loved it. Her father changed her age when they came to America from Vietnam so she could go to kindergarten, go to, you know, education. Their story is amazing. Like amazing. I am really excited to learn more about her. Um, also, her husband, Dewey is cute as fuck. All right. She says that when she first met him, she essentially calls him a fucking butterface. She was like, oh, his body was like amazing. His face was like, and I was like, girl, really? I think he's adorable. I, I think he's attractive. I really do. But hey, he also reminded me that I need to make a chiropractor appointment because my back is fucked. <sighs> so then we get to see more Jen and Sharif footage. She says her and Sharif are the backbone of the family and I. Like if we're not good, they're not good. And I'm just wondering what's going on with them now. Okay. <sighs> Let me tell you all another thing that I can't get with in Salt Lake. Looking at all this fucking snow all the time there, it's just making me dread the winter months that are to come. I don't like snow. I don't like being cold like i like a good in between seasons okay spring summer no i'm just kidding it was a charade reference if you didn't get it but i like spring fall like i like when this weather starts to change But all this snow i can't i can't get with it we get to see bad weather whitney and um heather <laughs> we get to see bad weather and then Meredith and Mary all go out to lunch and I cringed a little bit because I know Miss Mary is hell to a server. I could, I could feel it. I could just feel it. So while they're in the igloo, all sitting around talking, I was reminded, I forgot about this whole Heather being racist thing because Mary ends up saying it too. I remember she, not where we are in the show, in the show, Heather is saying that Jen, she hasn't spoken to Jen or Lisa and that Jen has liked tweets of Heather being saying that Heather's a racist. Well, then Mary turns around and I'm sure we'll get there. And on, I think it was on Twitter, some social media platform, she calls Heather racist. So I'm like, Heather, what you be doing? What do you say to make these ladies say this? Because something is not adding up. It's also funny to see that Heather and Jen aren't speaking right now at the premiere of the show to her putting her foot in her mouth literally this week on Watch What Happens Live defending Jen, okay? Now, I will say this. While I am not a, I'm really not, my standship does not lie with any of these Salt Lake City ladies at all. But while I am not a Meredith fan, jen should not be talking about whether or not brooks has seen a vagina before or his sexuality it is out of line but meredith got herself into quite an argument over the word twink when she could have just stayed on the path of jen needing to keep her mouth shut okay bad weather is messy as fuck and there is honestly no denying it okay Because Whitney was stirring that pot. Hey, she earning her check. Don't get me wrong. She is earning the check. But let me tell you something. Something that irritated the fuck out of me last season. And it was the audience acting like, I can't remember whether it was either Meredith or Lisa's husband was hot. Because literally neither one of them is. Neither one of them is fine. Okay. We get to see the Barlows and the Marks get together for dinner. Their families have always been close. And there's been some tension between Lisa and Meredith because Lisa has decided to be friends with Jen. I don't really think that this was a proper time and or place to have this conversation between Meredith and Lisa. But let me tell you this. I don't think opening a conversation with me telling me that you went to lunch with two people that I have beef with. So Meredith saying that she went to lunch with bad weather. Even if you say one owes me an apology, I don't think that's a good way to open with me. And I don't think it was a good way to open with Lisa either, because she has her feelings about Whitney and Heather. And you obviously have your feelings about Jen. I do agree with Meredith here. I think the two are separate. Um, but Meredith really didn't do anything for herself, okay? I wish Meredith during this conversation would just say, no, I don't want to move forward. I don't want to be friends with Jen. I've already tipped off the feds. It's too late. I don't like her. And let's move on, okay? Again, I agree with what Meredith is saying. I just can't stand her fucking voice and her arguments are just like, ugh. Not one part of me is siding with Jen because she needs to shut the hell up. Like she really does. But what I will say is Brooks did come in trying to be a star. He did throw some jabs Jen's way. He also did come off very elitist and very from a place of white privilege. And the fucking tweet that they showed that uh, Jen liked, privileged was spelled all types of fucked up. I was like, what the hell? But Meredith comes off as that as well, okay? That's the thing we're missing here, Mayor. Like, y'all do come off as elitist and white privilege. I don't think Jen should be talking about your son, but, like, come on, all right? I think both of Meredith's Meredith's kids want to benefit from her being on Housewives, if I'm being 100% honest, and I've thought that since last year. But, like I said in Potomac, in the argument of whether or not to involve children— I tend to err on the side of don't speak on the kids because the waters get really murky. All right. When the kids are adults and then throwing shade themselves, like it just gets too. mm, same thing with like Gia and Jackie and Teresa. Like it, it starts to get real murky when the kids are adults. All right. I think things like that need to be, the whole group needs to come in with an understanding. Okay. I will say, there is no doubt that this is absolutely going to be a crazy season of Salt Lake City. Again, my alliances are with no one, but I'll say this. I was taking the rumors of Meredith being involved with Jen's arrest with like less than a grain of salt. I was like, no, like they've been checking her out, blah, blah. But after this first episode, now I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, on. wait a minute. Meredith, did you cooperate? I am i don't think that she tipped them off. I don't think Meredith is a backbone of this. But do I think that she might have said a little some? I think she might have. <laughs> That's just the feeling I was getting after watching this. Like I said, when she was talking to Lisa, I wish she would just say, girl, I don't want to move forward with Jen. I've turned her in. I've let them know the entire itinerary of the season. So they're just going to come get her. Bravo gave me a bonus. Ready to wipe my hands clean. I'm excited to watch the season. I just don't know if any of these ladies can get me to be a fan, I should say. But with that, we are going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. So like I've said in the beginning of this episode and also on the Instagram, we are absolutely getting back on track with our Bravo episodes. So Bravo episodes will be out every Tuesday and Bachelor in Paradise will be out every Friday. We'll absolutely probably have a break um, in between Bachelor in Paradise ending and Michelle's season of The Bachelorette starting. But when Bachelorette starts, we'll go back to the two episodes a week. Uh, Give Mama a little break. With that, it is also time in the episode where I must ask for a little bitty favor in the form of a rate and review on Apple Podcast. Now, again, y'all, y'all got the rating part down, okay? Like, we're getting Mama five stars. I love that, but I, I need a little some sweet words, okay? I need something cute something nice. All right. In the form of a review, it just helps get me out there, you know, make some more connections, keep putting out the content for y'all. Listen, I beg for it every week. So I really wish y'all would just give it to me. Okay, please. (laughs) Uh, on that note, I'm going to go ahead and end this. Don't forget to follow uh, me. I almost said us, me over on the podcast, Instagram at who asked me podcast. And I will talk to y'all on Friday about bachelor in paradise. Bye.